0: Oh, so, first of all, Jesus coming into Jerusalem, riding on a colt, riding on a, a donkey. I guess you already know, those of you who have been around church for a long time or know, know the Bible well, that that is a fulfillment of prophecy. In fact, Matthew 21, where we read that, says this. This took place um, to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Say To a daughter, Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees, spread them on the road. And the crowds went ahead. Those that followed shouted, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven and when jesus entered jerusalem the whole city was stirred and asked who is this and the crowd answered this is jesus the prophet from nazareth in galilee our series up till now has been who is jesus what do the accounts of the gospels tell us about who jesus is is he just a, a great moral teacher is he um, um a kind of supernatural miracle worker prophet is he actually a con man and is he a, a political leader and and those are questions that were stirred in the people at the time. Who is Jesus? What do we make of him? And here Jesus is deliberately telling them who he is, because he's deliberately and intentionally acting out an ancient prophecy from Zechariah about what it looks like when the true king, the Messiah, the true son of David, the fulfillment of Old Testament hopes and expectations arrives in Jerusalem. He comes riding a colt riding on a donkey and and Matthew brings together the colt and the donkey you know it's it's kind of this is a a, we're really going to make sure this is an absolute fulfillment of what's written and and so Jesus is telling you this is this is who I am and the people that welcome him predominantly the Galilean pilgrims who've traveled with him Luke's gospel takes us through a journey of, of Jesus going through Samaria is going to Jericho on his way to Jerusalem and all the teaching that happens there. And there's a great crowd of pilgrims coming to celebrate Passover. Jesus is welcomed by those. And the city is responding, oh, hello, he's northern. Is he, <laughs> can he, of you in know, good come out? Is he, who is he? It is that, those kind of questions. They're, they're Jesus. And when Jesus is in Jerusalem, some people say he's a prophet. He behaves like a prophet. A prophet in the Old Testament It's calling people back to their covenant relationship with God. A prophet in in, in the Old Testament is challenging the abuses of religion in the system. And the first thing that Jesus does, as recorded in Matthew's Gospel, he goes into the temple and overturns the money changers' tables. He is challenging the practices that have become abusive in temple worship you know, the place, this is a holy place. So it's a holy place. That means we have to exchange our money. We don't want any of this corrupt Roman money. We have to have proper temple money and we'll we'll we'll, we'll exchange it for you, but we'll exchange it at the interest rate, which is prohibitive. Abuses the poor. That's why Jesus does it. He, he says that you've, you've taken the holy place and, and you're abusing it. He behaves like a prophet, doesn't he? And like a prophet, he challenges the very heart of the relationship that the people of Israel have with their God. And, and for, 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 for the Jews, the temple is the place. It's the place where God is, where God can be found. The temple was founded so that we have a place in the heart of the nation where we encounter God. The Holy of Holies is where there's this imminence of God in a very special way, where we bring our sacrifices. It's in that very holy place that Jesus challenges and he goes on to challenge. He challenges everybody. It's like saying, "Come on, bring it on!" For me, what happens in Holy Week is Jesus challenging all the powers. He challenges every kind of powerful interest group, and he's very, very provocative. And it's obviously it's it's, it's two way. But um, it, it's it's we we might miss little details as we emphasis on that, like the fact that. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. You know that that was happening too. But um, Jesus, he is aware, so aware of 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 the stakes. The stakes are incredibly high. You know when Jesus weeps over Jerusalem, Jesus foresees the destruction of Jerusalem, which is just down the road, AD sixty seven, and, and and all that 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 insurrection that happens. What's happening there is. The people, the Jewish people, have an alternative. It's an alternative that is spelt out a bit later in the story when um, when Pilate says, who do you want me to release for you, Jesus or Barabbas? Because that's the choice. The choice is, do we have a violent insurrectionist to lead us, someone who's going to overthrow the power of Rome through violence, or do we have the Prince of Peace who comes gentle riding on a donkey? What's the choice? What does the kingdom of God look like? Does it look like a kingdom that uses power this way or that way? And, and Jesus uh, forces that challenge. He, he's very provocative. So he encounters the um, uh, the chief priests and, and the elders and say, well, by what authority are you turning tables over? And, and he says, well, where does John? Where did his authority come from? And they can't answer that question. They don't want to answer that question. So says, I'm not going to give you an answer. He, he's he's challenged by um, the Pharisees who are asking him about money. And they, they come and bring him the coin with Caesar's head on who Should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? Caesar saying, give to Caesar what Caesar is, Give to God what is God's. He's challenged by the Sadducees, this other power group. They don't believe in the resurrection. So they tell a resurrection story for the Sadducees, for the, those people who... That that the, the they are the religious group. They are the the, the where the high priests come from. They actually believe in resurrection. For them, they have a, a an ancient kind of like the old the. the I think in, in 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 the the mindset of the the patriarchs, you know, resurrection happens for your kids. Eternal life goes through the flow of of your children. So they they tell them a, a, a parable about that about somebody who a woman who gets married and. She doesn't conceive and she's one of seven brothers they all end up marrying her none of them have kids and she and they said so who's who's whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection and jesus is again it's just changing the whole worldview. it's not just about a parable it's about a worldview about resurrection or not resurrection and and he says um you know you you're in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of god I mean, you're telling that to your religious leaders. You don't know the scriptures, you don't know the power of God. And they're gonna be like the angels. It's gonna be it's gonna be a different. You've got to get your minds around this. He tells parables that challenge. He tells a parable of the tenants in the vineyard. And and they know he's speaking parables against them. When he says things like, you know, the 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 owner of the vineyard sends his servants, then he finally sends his son what they do, they like killing that now the video is going to be ours. And, and they, they knew he'd spoken this parable against them. And he himself speaks out like he, he quotes David, the psalm says, The Lord said to my Lord. But who's David talking about then? How can David, King David, say someone says his Lord? And he's taking that whole title on himself. He is incredibly provocative. He challenges all the powers, he challenges the political powers, he challenges Caesar when he says, You know, where does your authority come from? When he when he when he speaks to Pilate, he's, he's actually challenging the power of Rome because he's he's subversive and 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 Rome doesn't really know what to do with Jesus. Ultimately he challenges the powers of hell because when he goes to the cross he's provoked that yeah. he's thrown down the gauntlet to Satan. Do your worst and what happens in the garden is that Jesus Hands himself over, and we'll be looking at that on Good Friday. But I suppose that the challenge for us is you know, we, we read the story, we see Jesus coming into Jerusalem and challenging everything that's there, and we see the kind of the crowds welcoming Jesus, but when they actually get him, are they really ready for what they what they've received? And of course, that speaks about our own lives. Because we also are called to welcome Jesus into our hearts, which is our city, our sacred place. And sometimes we welcome Jesus in a burst of emotion and a burst of song. You know, for many people, a faith, a faith journey is, oh, I want to give my life to you, Jesus, because I'm caught up in something it gives me a picture of joy and hope and kingdom. And so we say yes to Jesus. And when Jesus takes us at our word, that is Tibbs upstairs singing, by the way. It's kind of, when the deaf loop is on upstairs, it actually plays down here. So um, we can let that go, or someone could alert the person on the sound upstairs and say, oh, the deaf loop's on. Um, <coughs> quiet, Tibbs. Completely lost my train of thought there. Yeah. When we welcome Jesus in, I I don't know, have you really counted on what making Jesus Lord looks like in your life? That's the issue, isn't it? Because we, we say to Jesus, come and be Lord, and Jesus may welcome and turn over the tables in your life too. He may challenge your religiosity. I think the work of the kingdom of God is disruptive and when we welcome jesus into our temple when we welcome jesus into our royal city when we welcome jesus into jerusalem it's disruptive it's not leaving the status quo as a status quo and honestly i would say that for me being a christian has been so disruptive in my life it's as if jesus has not been content with fake kingdom and what's on offer in religion, can be fake kingdom. It's it's, it's coming through the main speakers. Do it, uh, but it'll probably come through everything because it, it, it's on the system. But um, it, it's it's fake kingdom is something that Jesus will not tolerate. I'm not going to offer you something where you can pay your exchange and everything goes on as normal, and the poor continue to be oppressed. The kingdom of God turns everything upside down. And so, why did Jesus do it? Because only the kingdom can give life. And that's why when Jesus makes himself Lord of our lives, he says, if you want to save your life, you'll lose it. But If you'll lose your life, for my sake, you will find it. And, and how? How does Jesus challenge and, and disrupt our lives? Probably you will find yourself, if you let Jesus into your life, that he will challenge your conscience. That he will open your eyes to things that you had not seen before about yourself or about the world. He may make big demands on your money and finances and lifestyles that you had not expected. I think for me um who uh, honestly i I like comfort and often the way that jesus has led me has been to make me uncomfortable and there's been some real pivot moments in my life where uh it's felt like if jesus is really going to be lord then you're going to have to make some choices of obedience that you may not want to take and um I can think of like for instance where when i um have taken kind of some steps in terms of career and ministry working for the for the running the Methodist center it was something that i'd said no to in my own choice but which jesus said no i want you to do that and it felt like it was clear and there was a, there was a choice about that i think living in community there's lots of wonderful things about it but actually it's an uncomfortable way to live and and i think it's 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 been a, a kind of disruptive thing. It's it's disrupted lots of the kind of conventional social frameworks. It's not always been easy for for our families and friends that we've been taking that that lifestyle, and 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 then there are more personal and private things that Jesus disrupted. Where, where I've wanted to be sinful, <laughs> basically it boils down to that. And uh, you're not going to get away with that if you want to be my friend. who want me to be Lord of your life and. Jesus, we say we welcome you, but what what Jesus is offering us is so different from the kingdom of this world, and um, he knows our heart, doesn't he? That the things that I see in the last week of Jesus' life is I see this provocative challenge, Jesus laying down the gauntlet of the powers and saying, who will you accept? I also see his prophetic insight. There's prophecy after prophecy. He prophesies for the big. You know, I see this fall of Jerusalem just down the road. He prophesies to the individual. He can say to a Peter, and you know, before the cock crows, you'll have denied me three times. He can say about Mary, wherever this gospel is preached, this will be told about her. You know, and, and that's, that's, that's true, isn't it? It's, it's come true. We talk about Mary anointed Jesus all the time. Um, Jesus speaks into our hearts he speaks into our world and he comes to offer us something which we can only attain by choosing him above all other choices so my prayer this palm sunday is as we go into holy week that we are willing again to come to jesus and say be lord will you will you be in control will you will you take my life so i'm going to pray that for us Jesus, who are you? You're the son of David, but the greater son. In fact, you're greater than the temple, that icon of um, religious identity. You're greater than our own self-interest and our self-will. You are the great and mighty God made flesh. And the way that you offer us, the way that you call us to walk in is a way of, vulnerability and humility, not using power to to establish our kingdom, but taking the way of love to overcome all other powers. And today, Lord Jesus, as best we can, we choose again to make you Lord. We respond again to that question, who is it that you seek? We seek the Lord of God. When we Pray that prayer, do, you love, do we love you with all our hearts? We say, we, we try to, God, have mercy on us where we fail. Will you call us back into that new covenant relationship with you? In Jesus' name, amen.